Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's a new dawn. It's a new day. It's a new life. For me And I'm feeling Good You know, sometimes I, I think of this song after I'm out of a hospital After emergency crises But the last night That was completely avoided Thanks to my pastor Solano And thanks to my mom and my stepdad And uh, my dad and overall, I'm feeling good. I do feel like I got a new life today as, you know, the snow did take a little wear on my uh, physical self, on my muscles, which was weird because that never really happens. So they all nursed me back to health as did my close friends. And I'm back. I'm glad to be with you tonight. I'm keeping it real with Alexander Garrett on iHeartRadio.com. So I hope you did stay safe during this cold snap, this snowy snap that we had. It got a little bit just under freezing today, like 31 or so, so not terrible, but yes, I do hope you've stayed warm, I hope you're doing all right tonight, it's a Monday night, and probably by now you're watching this college football national championship uh, between Alabama and Georgia, 19 feeds, uh, according to ESPN, you could see it on, I won't go through all of them, but you'll find them online, 19 different ways to watch this one, and there's a halftime performance as well, the first ever at a college football championship game. But I was going to start out talking about Oprah Winfrey for a second because everybody's talking about that and how 30 years ago this year, Donald Trump and Oprah sat down and talked politics and talked a presidential run. I know people have talked to you about whether or not you want to run. Would you would you ever? Probably not. But I, I do get tired of seeing the country ripped. Why off would you not? I just don't think. I really have the inclination to do it. I love what I'm doing. I really like it. Also, I, it doesn't pay as well. No, it doesn't. <laughs> but, you know, I just probably wouldn't do it, Oprah. I probably wouldn't, but I do get tired of seeing what's happening with this country. And if it got so bad, I would never want to rule it out totally because I really am tired of seeing what's happening with this country, how we're, how we're really making other people live like kings, and we're not. And so, obviously, that's the reason why he ran in that 2016 as well. Um, and then there was this. Uh, exchange as well. You've said, though, that if you did run for president, you believe you'd win. Well, I don't know. I think I'd win. I tell you what, I wouldn't go in to lose. I've never gone in to lose in my <laughs> life. And, and if I did decide to do it, 
I think I'd be inclined. I, w I would say that I would have a hell of a chance of winning because I think people, I don't know how your audience feels, but I think people are tired of seeing the United States ripped off. And I can't promise you everything, but I can tell you one thing. This country would make one hell of a lot of money from those people that for 25 years have taken advantage. It wouldn't be the way it's been, believe me. Now, there's a theme with the 25 years, which I'll play in a little bit, because Trump in this all of Camp David talk, we'll talk about that in a second, uh, did mention that something else has been going on for the last 25 years. So that, that recurring theme of 25 years uh, is there with Trump. Now, so according to NBC, that idea of Oprah Winfrey running in 2020 is done. Um, but if she did have that intention, I'd ask why. Why, if someone was on your show 25, you know, 30 years ago saying that we're being taken advantage of, he's doing some things to make sure we're not taken advantage of anymore, why would you hate that? But that argument's done and gone. She's not running anymore, so we can focus on some real news. And unfortunately for the media, for the media, this was the real news of the weekend. I did a quick interview with him a long time ago having to do with an article but I don't know this man. I guess uh, Sloppy Steve brought him into the White House quite a bit, and it was one of those things. That's why Sloppy Steve is now looking for a job. Media licked their chops on Saturday with Camp David. What will Trump say about this book by Michael Wolff that have been debunked by even Washington Post columnists? What would he say? Well, he said that he's, he's recurred the theme of Sloppy Steve Bannon, and that's why he's no longer in the White House. Underneath all that, there was actually some very interesting points made by Donald Trump. And everybody gave me flack. People gave me flack for saying how, oh, wow, this might be, you know, the reason why North Korea is meeting with South Korea could be because of Donald Trump. Well, Donald Trump himself talked about that conversation with the South Korean president earlier. The president, as you know, with President Moon of South Korea. He thanked me very much for my tough stance. And, uh, you know, for 25 years, they haven't been using a tough stance. They've been giving everything. You have to have a certain attitude and you have to be prepared to do certain things. And I'm totally prepared to do that. I hope it works out. I very much want to see it work out between the two countries. I'd like to see them getting involved in the Olympics and maybe things go from there. So he he basically said the South Korean president said, yeah, that's inspired this inspired that Trump's rhetoric has inspired North Korea to talk with South Korea. I truly believe that. Now, if you don't believe it, then I have to ask, why did you believe Obama on certain things? Let's be honest, uh, because every president says things that, that his base wants to hear. Now, Trump went on to say that. His stance against North Korea isn't just a stance. It's not just a stance. I mean, this is this is what has to be done, if it has to be done. That they wouldn't be talking about Olympics, that they wouldn't be talking right now. He knows I'm not messing around. I'm not messing around. Not even a little bit. Not even 1%. He understands that. I think uh, Kim Jong-un does understand that. And the one eye-popping thing that no one will talk about because all they care about is what he tweeted about. The big, my button is bigger than your button, Kim Jong-un. But he actually wants a peaceful solution to all of this. At the same time, if we can come up with a very peaceful and very good solution, we're working on it with Rex, we're working on it with a lot of people. If something can happen and something can come out of those talks, that would be a great thing for all of humanity. And so did the media pick up on that? No, they just cared about what Stephen Miller did to Jake Tapper. They just cared about what, you know, 
Trump had to say about Steve Bannon, about this book, about the grotesque work of fiction. I mean, that, that's what they cared about. They cared about the book. They didn't care about national policy at all. And when you hear those cuts, don't you make you think, wow, Trump actually wants this to be successful without having to use violence. But no, the next thing he tweets about something else, oh my God, he's violating Twitter conduct. That was an insane report that they were reporting the president's account for violation and, and causing nuclear war. Well, I don't think that's the case. I think Kim Jong-un knows what's at stake. And I, I just think Trump seems to know what he's doing about this. The fire and fury, eh, North Korea didn't strike Guam, but you won't hear these cuts on the mainstream media at all. You won't hear that Trump wants a peaceful solution because they don't want to hear him talk rational. You don't want to hear him talk about how this country's been taken advantage of. That's not what the mainstream media is. They want to know what he's doing with his quote-unquote rhetoric. And on Twitter, he can calm it down. You know, to call himself a very stable genius was kind of stupid. But, and to do what he did on Twitter about the, you know, my button's bigger than your button, that was kind of stupid. But when he talks about it off of Twitter, I mean, that's where he should face it. He should do what he does in person uh, with these, and though they are kind of scripted speeches, but sometimes he is to the point of what he wants to do, which is we actually want these talks to work out. And then today, I saw on Twitter someone got offended by this. As we put money back in the pockets of all Americans, including our farmers and ranchers, we're also putting an end to the regulatory assault on your way of life. And it was an assault indeed. People, people, someone got, some people got upset with that on Twitter. I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me that you're going to be upset that he's calling regulations, overregulation on farmers, on our fellow Americans? You're going to be upset at that? Now, mind you, it was about one or two people, but point is, that is a great line. It's true. We have been under assault by regulations and Trump's 22 regulations for one, that's incredible. An incredible rollback uh, for this Trump administration. I'm glad he's doing it. But don't get bent out of shape over those words at times he used because sometimes he's right. It was an assault on the farmers, on, as I said, our fellow Americans. We do need to let North Korea know that we are watching them, that they are, their threats are being taken serious. Sometimes it could be done differently, but I like the fire and fury, which was the name of the book. I like that quote because there, there was a strength there that, as he mentioned, there hasn't been a strength for 25 years. So if you add what he talked about with Oprah and you add what he talked about now, there's about 50 years of things that he's seen gone wrong. And that's why he ran for president in 2016. And so, or in 2015, he announced the candidacy and won. And so for Donald Trump to not be heard about North Korea to, to get those cuts not played in the mainstream media is a bit saddening because don't you want a president that is addressing the issue and is holding North Korea at bay don't you want someone who's been sick and tired of the way we've been taken advantage of and is finally doing something about it I sure hope so and I will say this however that uh, President Trump 
should be doing less of Twitter because his interviews, his conversations, and yes, his press conferences are starting to get better, by the way, uh, than they were after Charlottesville, but everything about him is starting to be a bit more shaped up in the in front of the camera than it is behind the camera. So I say, why doesn't Mr. Trump go back to doing on-camera interviews and on-camera appearances because there his old ideas are renewed and the Twitter stuff doesn't have to be minded. Let's order now what they order your white suit, your tap shoes and tails. Let's go backward when forward fails. And movie stars that you thought were long dead. Now I'll frame beside your bed. Don't throw the past away. Yes, President Trump, do not throw your way you talk in front of the camera away. Don't just stick to Twitter. Go out there, be in front of the camera. Because let me tell you, by the way, that was Peter Allen, because everything old is new again. I think you can renew people's faith in you if you just stayed in front of the camera and be were the photogenic person you are, the the sensible person you are that you don't show on Twitter. Now, speaking of Twitter, I kind of previewed this. Did you know that our morning guy at AM nine seventy The Answer, Joe Piscopo? Has a piano skill? Take a listen to this. This is beautiful, though. Look at this. Look at this. That was Joe Piscopo, our morning guy, 6 to 10 a.m. You got to check him out. And he has talents beyond belief. But it's cool to highlight the stuff off the air because you hear him every day, Monday through Friday, hopefully. Or if you don't, hopefully this inspires you too. 6 to 10 a.m., a.m. 9, 70 The Answer with, of course, Al and Frank and Debbie. And uh, he's a piano guy. He's a singer. He's impersonated Bruce Springsteen, of course. He's uh, impersonated Frank Sinatra. So he's got talents and uh just thought that was kind of cool to see on Instagram at Jersey Joe. And of course, if you want to know about other hosts off the air, you know, Kevin McCullough, he's a great cook. He actually cooked a big bowl of chili, which he documented on his social media. So he's got a whole little chef thing going on on Instagram in the mornings with his family. Check him out as well at KMC Radio and on Kevin McCullough on Facebook. And Frank Morano is our political guy, of course. And so there you have it. Joe Piscopo, a little off-the-air talent for you. And I uh, hope you do tune in. Kevin McCullough, 5 to 6. Joe Piscopo, 6 to 10 on AM, AM 9, 7, The Answer. And then Murano in the morning, 4.30 a.m. to uh, what? 4 a.m. to 8.30 or so with a little break in between. So now that I got that little plug in, uh, did you know that the abortion argument just took a twisted turn a very twisted turn by one professor in minnesota by the way this is the pro-life month so i do hope you consider that uh all month long that that yes some look 
I'm not going to say all abortions are bad. Some cases are extreme, but in some cases, I think the baby should be born, especially if they are disabled. And this University of Minnesota, the gopher, Professor uh, David M. Perry, said that if individuals want to terminate an otherwise wanted pregnancy due to a prenatal diagnosis, it's affirmative. It's time to affirmatively support the right to eugenic abortion, even as we fight the need for it. The anti-choice movement is trying to use the public's positive feelings about cute kids with Down syndrome, like my son, David M. Perry's son, has Down syndrome, and he says that, you know, the anti-choice movement, the pro-life movement, in other words, is trying to use the public's positive feelings about cute kids with Down syndrome, like my son, to undermine reproductive rights. He complained about that, while at the same time arguing that his son who was born has intrinsic values and rights. Perry blasted pro-lifers for allegedly not caring for people with Down syndrome after they were born, apparently missing the irony that... 90% of babies diagnosed with the chromosomal abnormality are brutally killed while in your... Did you know that? 90%? So this, this, this parent of a Down syndrome child is saying, yeah, I agree that they should be killing these babies because... Republicans are using this as a way to take away rights. No, no, they're not. They're using, they're, they're talking about Down syndrome because it's a life. Whether or not you were born with it, it's a life. And so because of all, because of sometimes ultrasounds and x-rays and all that, they, they can tell that the baby has some abnormality and sometimes they do. They do kill the baby if it's abnormal. But is that really what God wants us to do? Is that really what we're supposed to do? It frustrates me that he's writing this as his son has Down syndrome. So, why are you supporting it if your son has Down syndrome? Why? That doesn't make sense to me, Rick David M. Perry. And 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 get this, he continued right. This affirmation serves rather than works against the broader campaign for disability rights. So. Basically, you're saying that if this person is disabled, that that's okay to abort them? Is that what you're saying, David M. Perry? It's very disturbing to me. It's very strange, really. It's, it's disturbing and strange how a man who has a child with Down syndrome would be okay with others aborting babies with Down syndrome or other disabilities or other disabilities. No, I think to broaden the campaign for disabled rights is to let us be born and let us 
thrive on amazing parenting and give us a chance. Give us a chance to enjoy the highway that is life. Now we're going to drive down to the national championship in college football. It's Alabama. It's Georgia. It's a great matchup. You know, Georgia had that big loss to Auburn and that really set them off. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What? What is this? Wait, the game's on CBS? It's an SEC on CBS game? No, it's actually not a regular season game. It's a national championship between Alabama and Georgia. You know, last year, Alabama defeated was defeated by Clemson. So upsets can happen. Georgia had a great year, and you know they had a uh, a uh, a great game against who was Oklahoma last week. So very possible that they could win. I mean, anything is up for grabs. Nick Saban. He's been here before. He's won it before, and now we'll see where the uh, where this game goes. Obviously, it's starting about half an hour or so. There's going to be a halftime show as well, and if uh, if Nick Saban wins, he will tie Bear Bryant, of course, Alabama's legendary coach, for sixth uh, for six wins in eight for the most national championships in the AP polls. In the AP's poll history. So it's going to be very, very interesting for Alabama tonight. And, you know, I think people would love a Saban-Baker-Mayfield championship. I think that would have been a crowd-pleaser, a a page-turner of a game. But that wasn't in the cards. Georgia just did it. They they fought their way into to the national championship. And now... We will see what happens in that one. Now, sticking in sports, obviously it was a crazy weekend. The ratings were low for the NFL. Uh, Chiefs had a crazy loss to the Titans. And uh, and then, of course, you know, the way the rest of the weekend went. Rams lose to Atlanta. Falcon, uh, Rams lose to the Falcons. Then we had the Jacksonville Jaguars beat the Bills. By the way, how tasteless are Bills fans? How tasteless are they that their main quarterback, Tyrod Taylor, on the field, writhing in pain after a brutal tackle, borderline horse collar um, by Jacksonville last night, is on the ground writhing in pain. Peterman had to come in for the for the Bills last few seconds, gets intercepted. But how brutal are they? They literally, I'm not kidding you, they were burning Tyrod Taylor jerseys as their number one quarterback was on the ground writhing in writhing in pain. Where does that make sense to you? 
Bills fans are crazy. Eagles fans are crazy. Uh, you know, Philadelphia fans. So, uh, it's not unexpected. It's very tragic, though, as their quarterbacks writhing on the field in pain during a loss, before a loss that they burn their jersey. Then the Saints take care of the Panthers, and now uh, we'll see what happens next week. So a lot of football left to play, a lot of football tonight. Hope you enjoy it, as uh, this one will be the SEC, basically the SEC championship, all over again, in a sense. But it's Alabama versus Georgia, so I hope you have, uh, you hope you enjoy that one in just a few minutes. Now, finally tonight, some really cool things to... Uh, to start off with, because, you know, I, I got a stone from my aunt in the beginning of the year, and it, uh, just before the beginning of the year, actually, and it inspired me to not leave a stone unturned. I'll tell you about that when I come back on Keeping It Real. Indeed, I am. Uh, I, I feel like it's everybody's time in 2018. The week, the year started on a Monday. What a great way to start fresh. New week, new year, new you. Well, for some, it seems like I, I just like the positivity coming out. We've, I've had a friend post about if you want something, you go get it. And I, I just love that post by Chris Soriano. I had a friend who's now who auditioned for her first national tour of a Broadway show. That's something she's dreamed about. Dreamed about coming here since he was nine years old. So, and, and I've got people in my world that are not leaving stones unturned in 2018. And we're already, a, you know, we just started 2018 and things are looking up for a lot of people. And I hope they look up for you as well. I hope that if you have any feeling of doubt that this is the year, this is the year you get rid of that doubt. You move forward. You push forward. You leave the stones that are turned unturned because let's face it. This year started on Monday for a reason. It was a, we were meant to have a fresh start. For me, my fresh start is that I'm going to keep going on this podcast and keep broadcasting for you and, and do it differently. I, I feel in 2016, the election cycle, and even after Trump got elected, basically all of last year, I did go off emotion a lot of the time. I did talk about Trump from an emotional standpoint, sometimes too emotional to the point where I might have been wrong on a couple things, I'll admit. So this is the year that I give listeners and and my observers and, and political observers what they deserve. And what they deserve is fact-based opinion. Someone who reads the articles thoroughly and says, yeah, you know, President Trump, you might be wrong on this. Or President Trump, you actually are right on that. Because listeners don't want to tune in. Yeah, some listeners might want to just have a, a host that yells and screams and, and does all that on the air and is excited for the present. Some might want somebody who's knowing little by little, line by line, what's going on in each storyline. So I hope that this year is the time for that. I look forward to increasing my my podcasts and I look forward to seeing my friends continue to excel, continue to do what they've been passionate about, what they've dreamt about, uh, my friend who posts about doing what you want, he's he's at an, 
a morning radio station doing morning drive radio at 92.3 Alt-FM. He's playing music in, in drive, taking you there. Got a friend doing a national tour. Got a friend who's at the Cradle of Aviation. I've got a friend who's in the State Department. I've got people who are continuing to succeed and thrive. And it's inspirational. It really is inspirational to see how everybody's just been starting off 2018 on the right foot because today is our time collectively. It's our time to set, to take advantage of the fresh slate that is 2018. 